Hello, welcome to Right Act, the Alternative Music Podcast. This is episode 163. Thank you very much for joining us and being with us as ever. My name is Stephen Hill, joined by my co-host Renfrey Deadman. As per, Hello. Renfrey, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Isn't it episode 164? Yeah. I've gone mad. You said 163. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it is. So what's happened there is I just have a document called Riot Act Weekly Scripts, and I change it every week. And this week... You forgot to have change I it. I no changed it. So it's actually <laughs> episode 164, my my mistake. Uh, on the show this week, we're going to be reviewing new music from The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die, Frontera, Poppy, and Full of Hell. Uh, the reason why, FYI, I don't think I changed the, uh, the script this week is because the script for the classic album that we've just put up this morning, as we record, mm. was unbelievably extensive. Mm. And I should say, please go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash podcast, where you will be able to find said classic album. That's two classic albums in a couple of weeks now, so we are getting back on to doing them more and more. Uh, we just put one up on The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill, mm. and I hope you like that, mm. because I think we had a good time making it. To be honest, I've really, really enjoyed going into a lot of the topics and things that were covered on that album. They're not very nice things in a lot of ways, but I think it's important to look back at that stuff and see what the situation was then with sort of misogyny uh, in the music industry, see what it is now, see the progress that has been made and also see the things that need to be done to continue that progress. If that makes sense. Correct. Is that cryptic enough? Yeah, I think so. And how important Lauren Hill as a character and as an individual was in putting her foot down and going, I'm actually not going to put up with your shit, yeah. actually. Yeah. And that, if you're one of these people going, alternative music? I thought you did alternative music. I've seen alt press. They never cover Lauren Hill. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they cover a lot of stuff, don't they? This has got, it's not alternative in the traditional dictionary definition of the word whereas i think lauren hill as we explain on our podcast fits the remit rather well i would say if you're considering this to be a uh, a hopper skip and a jump away from the sort of thing that we would usually do i i actually hugely disagree with that i don't think we actually said it on the show but it's a very punk attitude isn't it just going no this isn't good enough and mm -hmm the world needs to change and it needs to get better and i'm going to try and do something to make that happen that that strikes me as a very punk rock attitude i think if you're the first woman in 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 hip-hop to win the best album grammy if you're the first woman in hip-hop to go to number one on the u.s billboard chart i was hoping it would be me but you know lauren yeah. got in there before me annoyingly if you break the record for first week sales by a female solo artist in america then i would suggest you're doing something which obviously hasn't been done before ergo that is kind of an alternative or the alternative to what has already happened ergo that is alternative especially doing that when you have so many people who are against you as well yeah and you're doing something which is again as we was discussed on the special that album was not what 
people were doing mm. in her field at that point it is very different anyway go and listen to it it's also a really good album and that's oh by the way that's coming from the whitest man on this podcast <laughs> you know <laughs> such a great album yeah, like by the way yeah it's, it's, it's just a fucking it's really superb good. record yeah yeah, so go over to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act Podcast. You've got a Slipknot Volume 3 classic album, which everyone seemed to very much enjoy. So glad you enjoyed that. Lauren Hill's Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And whatever Renfrey has got cooking up in the pot will be with you in a couple of weeks' time. Also, there are Rioters reviews on there. For any amount of money that you sign up for, you get to suggest an album for us to cover. And we will cover that album. I think we're still waiting on chatting to Matt from haggard cat about yes. instructions by heck i've tried to do so i've tried to do that a couple of times it's been quite difficult unfortunately it was bad timing because haggard cat have been on tour um mm. for the last few weeks but they are off tour now so hopefully i can do that at some point next week yeah good um also i want to say thank you to everyone who listens to broken records our sister podcast where we search for the worst record of all time uh, particularly our good friend tom dark who decided to combine all of my my best bits basically from our recent episode of broken records where we did crazy hits by the crazy frog which is available for you to listen to now again i mean i can't pretend like that's alternative in any way whatsoever unless it's the alternative to something of artistic merit uh no, but, but broken, it was broken records isn't an alternative music podcast though, no no it? So, no bro- broken records is its own thing and we will take any piece of shit that we get handed in our hand we've got and spice crazy girls coming frog. up and stuff like that haven't we on on that one you know so yeah is it, is it spice girls i, I think spice girls there might be a, spi- yeah, I there think, might be a spice i um, think forever by spice girls is in there is there yeah third that's album? the third the third one mm. there were they not so good anyway um but yes broken records and the crazy frog the perfect combination of things uh <laughs> together and i if you haven't seen well or heard i should say all of my weird noises combined into a 48 second clip mm. by our good friend tom dark it is i never knew i was that annoying Renfrey. yeah oh you are that annoying it's am i very Fucking annoying it's... very wow. annoying yeah um thank you so much tom that was a really lovely gift uh that you gave us and um <laughs> a, a great advert for the podcast um or maybe maybe something that you'd listen to and make you never want to listen to it ever um but at least you'll know if you listen to that 48 second clip i will say um i know there's a lot of it is what it is isn't it it is what it is i know there's a lot of people who are fans of steve getting angry and this is definitely an example of steve getting angry so if you like that then uh the crazy frog episode is definitely worth tuning into i noticed that you you didn't do any voices on that crazy frog episode I did a lot of ring, ding, 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 and and all that kind of stuff, and you didn't, you didn't do any of it. Why, why so? Uh, I thought you'd got that covered. To be honest with you, I mean, <laughs> I can do some if you want. Ring, ding, 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 and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. Just goes to show how easy it is to do that, and how they made loads of money from something which is utterly, utterly, utterly fucking unremarkable. Mm. Go on then, do a little crazy frog run for I'm sure everyone would like oh, to I hear that. It, uh, ring, ding, 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 ding. What do you want from me? That was what I wanted. I'm not a performing monkey, although I obviously am because I just just just, just performing performing frog. Um, Anyway, yeah, go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Go over to uh, Broken Records. We do loads of other things. We do lots of other things, is what we should say. Uh, Let's get on with this week's show. Right, this is the main one, isn't it? What's been happening in the news? Shakira 
has been attacked and robbed by wild boars in a Barcelona park. We've never spoken about Shakira before, and obviously we haven't spoken about Shakira because what could Shakira do amongst the music that we cover? But I did see this and I was like, well, that you've got me with that headline. You've got me. You've reeled me in. Um, so I purposely didn't look up the story because I wanted to hear the details uh, uh, live, so to speak. But um, she got robbed. You told me she got attacked by a boar. Mm. How did the robbing occur? Is, has that been made clear in the in the news story? Well, on September 26th, 29th, sorry, she put a statement on her Instagram stories. Uh, and on a video, I think it was, describing the attack and saying the animals destroyed everything in her possession. Uh, the BBC has reported it saying Shakira held her broken bag up to the camera and said, look at how two wild boar which attacks me have left my bag. Uh, she was in the park in Barcelona with her eight year old son when it happened. And she said they were taking my bag to the woods with my mobile phone in it. They've destroyed everything. <sighs> I don't. I don't think they were taking it, Shakira. <laughs> well, like, this is one of those stories that really you shouldn't laugh, but it's difficult not to, isn't it? Because uh, it was probably quite traumatic at the time. I mean, I once, oh, i tell you this, I once, so I grew up next to a farm uh, and I used to go cow tipping because there was fuck all else to do in Thornbury uh, where I grew up. Shouldn't do that. No, no, I'm not, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying that I was bored and uh, my options were heroin or cow tipping. And I used to go cow tipping. And one day the cows got their revenge on me. They all ganged up on me and started chasing <laughs> me. Yeah. Oh, good. And I had to run down the hill. And the only way I could get away from them was to jump into a sort of boggy trench. It was quite horrible. Uh, my mum was absolutely furious with me because I came home absolutely covered in mud and shit. I think, it's, um, I think it was like their drinking trough thing, but I had to jump into that. And cows can run quite fast when they want to. It was a bit like that scene from the original Jurassic Park where uh, all those... Uh, all those they're running away from the sources or whatever they're called did you just make that up no i didn't make any of that up but that is a true story all of that happened i mean the jurassic park bit didn't that's a film <laughs> but the cow stuff did happen you jumped in a cow's drinking trough to escape cows that are attacking it was, you. It was the only, I, I, I didn't say they attacked me they were running toward me but they run right. at quite like have you ever seen a cow run I don't know if that I have. They run quite fast. Like, faster mm. than a human can. Or, well, faster than a fat little boy <laughs> runs anyway. <laughs> in a Mr. Bo carrying a Mr. Blobby lunchbox. <laughs> Wrapped in a Mr. Blobby beach towel, yeah. Were you like, if I drop this lunchbox, I can run faster. But I can't. I can't drop my... It, it had my Blobby pink lemonade. I can't in. drop my Blobby lunchbox. No, I'm not going to sacrifice my Blobby pink lemonade for the cows. Um, but yes, uh, uh, no, that's a genuinely true story. What it has to do with Shakira... Um, and her, her boar incident, I don't really know. But very little, I would say. <laughs> I would argue very little. Indeed. I'm just trying. I'm trying to empathise with Shakira and her situation. It is just one of those headlines that you read, which is a very kind of what the f fuck happened here. But yes, it's uh, it's. I mean, essentially, she was at a park in Barcelona where boars are mm -hmm. kept. Um, mm -hmm. is, that, is that right? And then they stole her bag. How was she attacked? What was the attack? 
Well, it doesn't really say, but there is a history while they're looking at it. The attack is the latest in a long line of incidents related to wild boars in Barcelona in recent years, with the animals often seen in celebrity-filled <laughs> Cosarola district. A celebrity field. Like, like they go there because they're like, well, there's celebrities around here, so that's probably the best place to go. <laughs> going, ce- going celeb spotting with the local boars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it's Luis Suarez. <laughs> And his kids. <laughs> Boar don't know who Attack that is. Attack him. Uh, 1,187 phone calls were made to Spanish police about wild hogs in 2016 with the animals apparently attacking dogs and holding up traffic. Hold on. Don't think you can call the police for a boar holding up traffic. Are they are they wild or are they in a park? I mean, there's some very confusing, sketchy details around this story. Well, they're wild boar. In a park. That's what they're called. Oh, okay. They're called wild boar, aren't they? Those boars are called wild boar. I th- I thought being wild just meant being free and not being. Well, it does. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're a wild, if you're a wild cat, like wild cat means mm. a cat in the oh, wild. I guess so. Yeah. But a wild boar is a specific type of boar. Hold on, I'm going to check if that's even true because I'm not fucking Chris Packham. I don't know. You, re- you know what? Because you were saying wild so much, you reminded me of the Really Wild Show, which was yeah. obviously a favourite of yours. I'm guessing you like the Really Wild Show. I like the Really Wild Show. Yeah, I had a crush on. Was it Sarah Green? Sarah. Thingy. No, Michaela Strachan. Oh, Michaela Strachan. Yeah. We went to um, uh, Marwell with my school once, and um, they were there filming. Oh no way! And, wi- and William Nutter went up to—that uh, is his real name. William Nutter went up to Michaela Strachan and tr- and tried to kiss her. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> not, not very not well. That good. Not no, that great. No. Considering he was about. 13 yeah and she was a grown celebrity lady Christ. didn't do that anyway the wild boar also known as the wild swine common wild pig eurasian wild pig or simply wild pig is a sewage native to much of eurasia and north africa and has been introduced to the americas and oceana the species is now one of the widest ranging mammals in the world as well as the most widespread sewiform wow. so i tell you what you, you, you google boar and you get Shakira's handbag snatched by wild boars. Mm-hmm. Daily Telegraph. Shakira attacked and robbed by wild boars in Barcelona Park, even standard. Shakira, singer attacked by a pair of wild boars by the BBC. Uh, those are the first three stories regarding boars that come up. So I feel like there's some sort of smear campaign about <laughs> boars at the moment, isn't there? That's Maybe. all to do with Shakira. Maybe Shakira just hates wild boars and she's just... Shakira's handbag taken by wild boars. I mean, the thing is, I don't think they should say her handbag was taken by wild boars because I don't think the wild boars were like, look over there. It's a hips don't lie girl. She must have loads of money. Get her handbag. Like, that's not what happened. They just happened to like, they've got, I'm looking at a picture of a wild boar here. Right. And they've got quite big tusks. So it probably just got stuck on the front of his tusk and he Mm. went off. They don't know what's going. I mean, in theory... The wild boar has still taken the bag. Yeah, that is true. You know, like there are nine, ten top stories. <laughs> the ten top stories about wild boar. <laughs> How many of in them the are Shakira? Wor- in the world right now, well, eight of them are Shakira, and the other two are about wild boar on the streets of Rome being used against the mayor. What? So, 
With just over a week until the city goes to the polls, the animals may help to unseat Virginia Raggy. A group of wild boars strutting along the traffic filled road in Rome has catapulted the issue of the Italian's capital state of decay to the top of debate of the mayoral elections. So. Uh, this has turned into a very different podcast, hasn't it? I don't know what's going on, yeah. But anyway, um, wild boar, they're everywhere. And they're a type of boar. And whether you are Shakira or the mayor of Rome, mm. watch out. Mm. Or anyone underneath that. I mean, if the mayor of Rome and Shakira need to watch out for wild boar, I would suggest that you do as well. Mm. Yeah, good shout. Was uh, was Pumba from uh, The Lion King a wild boar? Or was he someone else? I've not seen The Lion King, so you I don't know. know. What the flying fuck? That's why you're so angry all the time. <laughs> You've not seen The Lion King? I'm not sure King. it is. I've <laughs> not seen The Lion King. You've not seen The Lion King? Oh, no, he's a warthog. He's a warthog. What's the difference between a warthog and a wild boar? I don't know. <sighs> do you want me to Google warthog? No, 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 no. We don't I'm going to do it. <laughs> Common. We do what we do, actually. We've got as long as we want. Uh, is a, Apparently, it's a genus in the family Suadi, commonly known as warthogs. He's a, a Fakiosaurus. He's the sole genus of the subfamily Fakaroni. Um, commonly afraid. found in the grassland of Savannah and the woodland of sub-Saharan Africa. There we go. Okay, so that's Kenya, Somalia, Eastern Ethiopia. So, so he's not a wild boar then. No, he's not a wild boar. He's boar, not a wild boar. All right. He, that makes more sense. I don't know much about the Lion King, but I imagine that it's set on the kind of Serengeti. So I would have thought, yeah, it's definitely set be... in Africa. Do you have any desire to see? I mean, it's Elton John. You like Elton John? Songs are great. Yeah, but you can listen to the songs, can't you? And they're not the best Elton John songs. I like Saturday Night's Right for fighting and that. Mm. Yeah, that's not in The Lion King. Sorry to nah. break it to you, it's not in The Lion King. <laughs> so I'm not interested. <laughs> okay. Okay. There anyway. is a beautiful moment where Tamoon uh, sings to Pumba oh. your song. Is it? Yeah, it's a deleted song. You made scene. that up? Well, I might have made it up. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look. Sorry about that, everyone. <sighs> I don't know. If you get to hear that, it's been a pretty bad show, is what I would say. <laughs> like, yeah, true. Yeah. But a bit of good consumer advice. If you uh, want a decent nature program to watch, check out the Really Wild show from about 25 years ago. It's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last week it was Brian. Last week we were breaking the news of Brian Harvey. This week <laughs> we are recommending the Really Wild Consumer show. advice. <laughs> TV programs for 25 going years back ago. and back and back and back. By Christmas, we'll be going. Have you ever tr- thought about using coal? That's <laughs> really good. Um, here's a headline which is sort of related, I guess, in a lot of ways to the news that we were talking about last week. Not Brian Harvey. Another bit of news. After talking about the amount of money that was swimming around the music industry, this headline says fewer than 800 UK musicians make a living solely from streaming. Mm-hmm. They are the ones achieving more than 1 million UK streams per month. It says approximately 720 British musicians make a living solely from streaming royalties, a new study has suggested. The title of the study is Music Creators Earnings in the Digital Era, which was released by the UK Intellectual Property Office, which analyzes the data of streaming services between 2014 and 2020. And um, yeah, the particular finding points to artists making a substantial living from streaming alone and has revealed that, yeah, 720 artists are able to do that. Uh, only 0.4%, um, uh, th- they fall into a 0.4% of category of musicians who are achieving more than 1 million UK streams per month. So, 
I mean, I don't know how many people are trying to make a living from music here in the United Kingdom. Uh, it's more I than 720, isn't it? do have statistics for that. So I actually looked that up. I simply Googled how many musicians are there in the UK. And Statista, I'm getting this from Statista, which I, I never really know if Statista is a good source or not, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, Statista say that as of 2020, there are 45,000 people registered as musicians in the UK. So 720 of that 45,000 are making uh, making a living solely from streaming, uh, mm. which does put things into perspective a little bit. Um, yeah, just just worth pointing out, really, isn't it? Um, the the I after mean, your man got 200 million dollars, 250 million dollars last week, just in one hit, mm. just for being the guy who says yes and no at a record label, mm. does seem like the pie is becoming increasingly unevenly sliced i would say absolutely yeah it's very strange there's um there's you know <laughs> as we sort of uh, said last week there is money in the industry um it's just going to a very select group of people um and uh, i'm sure there would be a way to distribute it more evenly and fairly i just don't know the process of how you'd actually do that but yeah um it is quite depressing but that's what this study has found i've not actually read the entire study yet because it's 224 pages um but i actually probably will pour over well i'll try and pour over highlights at the very least because i do like to try and understand this sort of thing but yeah it does it does put it into stark perspective doesn't it i think i think those no. i think these kind of numbers are what people need to understand the extent of the issue because there's a lot of rhetoric about streaming doesn't pay properly but it's not until you put though it's not until you give people like concrete numbers stuff like yes out of the 45,000 people registered as musicians only 720 are making enough money from streaming to make a living off of it that's something that you can quantify and imagine in your mind and you can go fucking hell that's quite a disparity um of course there are other ways to make money from music so you know it's not quite as um dire as that could make out but you know it's uh it, but streaming is king right streaming is the is the i was about to say the most profitable way of doing it if you're a massive band and you go out on tour and you keep your cost low and you keep your ticket price high obviously you'll probably make a lot of money from touring or merch or you know whatever else but back in the day it was mostly you sold your records and people and obviously that ain't coming back so i don't even really know why i'm bringing it up because well, that isn't going to come back yeah but there but, is there is this feeling i mean it would be nice to think that um i would like to think that a band would put more time and effort into their music than they would their merchandise that isn't true in some cases but I would like to think that that was the case because, you know, the, the music, you know, not to be a cliche or anything, but the music should be the thing. Um, and so in a world that seemed just and fair, you would think that the financial recompense would come from that rather than merch sales or something like that. But, you know, we live in a topsy-turvy world and it's all a bit strange Yeah, uh, for complicated it, reasons. It is, it, is, it is weird and it is funny to see people who are like, because you do get people who go, oh, well, you know, it's changed, the world's changed now and you have to think of your band as a brand and a whole thing and blah, 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 and all this sort of thing. It's like, well, uh, some people just don't want to do that. I think when we talked about the Pixies and we were like, if the Pixies had to think of their band as a brand, yeah. they would have never got anywhere. They just yeah. made really good records. And, you know, like, if you're a band... I mean, yes, dress correctly 
and be interesting yes that's all very very important yes yes have good merch yes know how to market yourself online and have a strong social media presence and blah 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 and all that stuff but not everybody can do that and it seems like a real shame to be like well if you can't do that then you shouldn't be in a band yeah it's a shame that it's become a requirement for bands when you know i i don't think i mean certainly 10 years ago 20 years ago i don't think bands dreamt about what kind of merchandise they were going to make you know i don't and maybe that's different now maybe they do i don't know but like i it you'd like to you'd like to think that the the main thing that you're doing the main point of what you're doing is going to be the thing that you'd get sort of financial recompense from and obviously yeah i mean like you say i don't think it is going to happen again in in certainly not overnight and um, something quite radical is going to have to happen in order for that to be the case but yeah i don't know it's just it is what it is as uh, shaz would have said or whatever her name was yeah uh shells i believe shells of course shells. shells sorry shells with a z um, I reckon they should. You should have to pass uh, an internet license to use the internet. I was thinking oh, yeah. about this the other day. I think you should have to like drive it like a driving test. You should have to prove that you are allowed to go on the internet. I think stuff like um, here's three stories. Try and disseminate which one's true and which one isn't. Stuff like that. Hmm. I think that's a good idea. Here's the crazy frogs Twitter page. Are you going to follow him or not? <laughs> Yes, quite. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I will. Sorry, you failed your... Yeah, you failed the internet, internet test. test. It's not yeah. a bad idea. <clears throat> not a bad idea at all. Of course, I probably would fail that test, and then we wouldn't be able to do this show anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So let's just do some reviews before it comes in and get this shit done. Let's start with an album which actually comes out next week. It's The World is a Beautiful Place, and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. That's the name of the band, by the way. The album is called Illusory Walls. That's the name of the album, by the way. Hence why I said that's the name of the album. This is the fourth studio album from the Connecticut Collective, the follow-up to their 2017 album, Always Foreign, um, which I do think I heard. The World is a Beautiful Place, and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die are a band who I feel like i know them from their name more than i know them from their music music, Mm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because it's a quite a wordy old unforgettable name Mm. even though you often hear people getting it wrong Mm. like the planet is a forgettable world and i am still amazed to be afraid of something (laughs) like that uh, that's a great i mean it's a great idea for a tribute act. it's a tribute band yeah. <laughs> um yeah i think that probably is true because people see it and they and the thing is, is when you have long band title names like that as well there's like associations that are made with that kind of thing as well usually emo now actually in this case i i think world is a beautiful place occupy a pretty perfect place between emo and post-rock so it's not actually totally unaccurate um but i also think um i think a lot of people would sort of assume that it's a type of emo that it isn't it's far more kind of harking back to sunny day real estate than it is say fallout boy or whatever um i adore the world is a beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die they're 2015 i want to say album harmlessness um meant an awful lot to me uh it's Gen very generally, it's about mental health and stuff like that, and it had an awfully profound um, 
it was it, it was an album that had a profound effect on me um and i absolutely adored how fluid it was and organic it was and the interplay between the two vocalists um all qualities which this album has as well i did listen to always foreign and i liked always foreign very much but it certainly didn't have the same impact on me as harmlessness did and i do think that harmlessness is generally considered their classic and i think it is considered a modern classic i I will say right now it's in our classic albums list uh, as one of my choices so um i, I think it's a absolutely incredible record um how do we sort of describe the the world's a beautiful place i'm no longer afraid to die i kind of started out by saying they occupy this perfect place between emo and post-rock um i think there's a bunch of things that give them their identity and i think this is definitely a band who you listen to them and you go well that's the world's a beautiful place. Um, David Bellow and K.E. Dvorak's vocals are both very distinctive, I think, and the way that they play off one another sounds very natural and instinctive. So I think that's one thing that gives them their identity. The sheer range of instrumentation that they use is beyond what most bands will use. Um, there are five core members of the band, but last time I saw them live, I'm pretty sure they had nine people on stage, if I recall. Um, I know that violin, viola, cello, trumpet, trombone and saxophone all feature on this album, as well as the usual rock ensemble of vocals, guitars, bass and drums. Um, And do you know what the other thing that I think really makes them stand out is their drummer, Stephen Buttery, um, who gives these songs an insane like drive whilst always knowing when to pull back. He kind of... I, I hope he'd find this a, a compliment, but he's sort of the emo Keith Moon. He's really busy on the drums sometimes, and he really, really um, elevates these songs, which could, I think both emo and post-rock, a lot of people associate with being quite ponderous, shoegazy genres. And there are moments of ponderousness on uh, World is a Beautiful Place albums, but I do actually think they have a drive which pushes them forward and gives them momentum as well. What do you think of all that? I did just say a lot of things there. You did, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that uh, it's a Philly, Heartland Philly emo thing, but a bit more expansive broadly is what how I would probably describe them. Um, I've written that they, on the opening song, afraid to die which is a really lush sounding opening which is a kind of it's tech meets emo it's like a real techie emo band i mean there are bands that like minus the bear have done that sort of thing before who i really like and there's a few bits that do remind me of minus the bear on here but i've put it's almost like thrice coheed and jimmy Eat world mixed together mm. um that's good isn't it that and sounds good. when it it does and you know and the opening is great and it has this even has this bit of echo in the bunnymen style string and gothic tonality to it which i i really like as well mm. it's funny you mentioned keith moon because <clears throat> i get what you're saying but i think a better comparison for this band closer to the genre mm-hmm. would be stephen morris from joy division and new order okay who yeah. i think the the the, the drumming style um particularly on a song like Queen Sophie for President, which is the second song, with that post-punk bass line. And it really, that's when you go, well, that's kind of very new ordery drums. Mm-hmm. You get 
that kind of wee woo synth part and a Jim Ward from at the drive-in sort of guitar solo on it. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. Really, again, you know, the sort of the, the soaring female vocal that goes at the top of all of it is really excellent. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like them as a band, describing them as a band, if you weren't going to go into too much detail, I would literally just go, this feels like a kind of journey like a band that have magpied everything post something over the last 40 years and kind of melded it together yeah but that sounds that's really exciting to me yeah i think the um i think the word expanse that you use you said philly that philly kind of emo thing but more mm-hmm. expansive i think that's a, a very succinct way to describe what they do i also think it does them a bit of a disservice it's sort of like that would that would be a fine descriptor if you had like 140 words but you know we can we can do better than that i think but i think the post elements of this album i mean i know i'm the one who bangs on about post rock and all that sort of thing but to me all anything post is is music without limitations um and i think there's a a lot of misconceptions about post whatever music you know um there's this idea that it is just sort of ponderous and lengthy for the sake of being lengthy and um i don't think this album i think it is accurate to call to i think it's accurate to say that it has post-rock elements but i don't think it's i I think what people think of post-rock is not necessarily what this album is um but then when I say post everything, I mean, you don't, when you think of post hardcore, mm. I don't think you think that. When you, like, Thursday are not a ponderous band. At the Driving are not true. a ponderous band. Fugazi are not a ponderous band. Mm. Post punk, when you think of, you know, like, well, Joy, Div- Joy Division are not a ponderous band. Um, U2 are not a ponderous band. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, post punk, post, like, hardcore, post most things when you go, like, oh, it's a, po- like, you know, post metal. I suppose post metal and post rock, you do be. think of a, a, a more kind of glacial pace. I think, I think for the most part, when you think of those bands, it just—I I always think of bands who are. I mean, having no boundaries, maybe I, I think is giving some of them a little bit too much credit, but certainly uh, changing the form of the things that had gone before it, yeah. and allowing yourself to not be caught up in the tropes and the established ideas of that genre Mm. and letting it morph into something else that is essentially what post every genre is that's why you put the prefix there absolutely because you're saying that was that and this is now something else which which by its very nature Mm. by its very by the very definition of it means that it should be exciting and yet the uh Mm. and yet the perception is it's the exact opposite which is something which i battle with for ages but blah 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 i'm bringing it up here because i think this is a brilliant example of that and i suppose i'm bringing up the post-rock stuff because the band cite caspian godspeed you black emperor and explosions in the sky as influences alongside a bunch of other bands as well sunny day real estate and stuff like that but it's absolutely like all in there um and this was kind of this was a strange one because i'm i'm a massive massive fan of this band i think they're fucking fantastic when we got the promo through it's a long old album this is 70 minutes and uh, 29 seconds and we have talked in the past quite a bit about uh length of albums and uh saying that things are too long and all that kind of thing blah 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 
I have no idea how you feel about this album, so I'm a little bit uh, tense going into this, but I have to say that in my opinion, the 70 minutes and 29 seconds on this album flies by. It feels like an album that's about 45 minutes, uh, in my opinion. And it does that thing that Godspeed do so well. You know, we were talking about that Godspeed record from earlier in the year, and you were saying how there's these 20-minute songs and they feel like they're, like, six or seven minutes um i think the world is a beautiful place have really captured that well here and they've not really gone they've done long songs before but they've never gone into long songs of of this kind of length um so really ostensibly if you wanted to you could split the album into two halves you've got the first nine songs and then you've got the last two and yeah. the reason why I'm saying that is the last two songs are 35 minutes and 24 seconds, which is just over half of the running time of the entire album. It's a little over half. But I don't... I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't think there's a single bad song on this record. I, I absolutely adore this album. But those two last songs in particular are absolutely incredible songs i think they are and that's that's what i mean when i'm talking about songs with no boundaries and no limits no rules they are by far the most post-rock-esque things on this album although there are smatterings of post-rock all over the record but they have a constant sense of forward momentum as if they're always doing something different and doing something interesting and being pushed forward in a direction um so the final song uh which is uh, fewer afraid starts on a simple bass guitar refrain and then there's distant bells tolling in the background and strings weave in and out almost as if an orchestra is tuning up and there's something very distant sparkling in the background it sounds like stars twinkling almost um and i'm using i'm using all these grand kind of descriptors because that's what it feels like to me it feels really 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 expansive it feels like music which is meant to envelop a large open space but then on top of that you have um david bellows incredible really beautifully poetic lyrics he comes in and intones some things I once swore were etched into my brain have disintegrated like tape decay. Echoes crack through, but the sounds mix with others. They were there once, unlike the phantom bruise from the lover's punch, which I knew the next day would be tender to the touch, but wasn't. It's it's poetry that you can read without the the music, and it's kind of esoteric, and yet at the same time, you know it means something and and you can attribute your own meaning to it and i think it's very very difficult to evoke those kind of feelings and still remain mysterious at the same time and then over 19 minutes and 44 seconds which is how long the song is it revisits the themes and ideas of the 10 songs that preceded it but it also offers quite a self-aware summary of the band's entire history and i just i love it when bands do this kind of thing you know when when there's these kind of little pockets of things like if you're a casual fan you wouldn't even notice it but if you know if you are a big fan and and you can hear motifs that have come in from previous songs and all this sort of stuff 
it really really adds to the experience um and i think they just do that beautifully how do you feel like i'm, I'm a little bit worried that you're going to turn around and go this this album's too long it's too ponderous i don't know how you I'm... no I, I don't think it's too long or too ponderous okay. i do think it is a it's a bold move yeah. to put two songs of that length at the end of your record especially when you've flown through i mean the first time i listened to it i didn't listen i didn't have the track length sort of sitting in there front in front of, of me yeah so it got like seven songs in and i was like man this album's fucking great but it's gonna be oh. over in a minute yeah. <laughs> do you know what like i kind of felt that as well yeah 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 i was like this is just careering on through and it's just going and going you know because you get um invading the world as guilt or uh, invading the world of the guilty as a spirit of vengeance which i think is a, a really really brilliant song again i mentioned minus the bear that really reminds me of minus the bear and i think it's like the fourth longest song on the record or if you take the last two out it's like the second longest thing yes on the record That's, and it's, that, that is an amazing song yeah. yeah, and it's really epic and weighty and heavy, and it's got this really kind of, again, that mindset to bear, that kind of spindly guitar bit that's yeah. underneath it is great. Four minutes in, you think it's over. Yeah, yeah. And then it slows down and it comes in all sci-fi and it's fucking, oh. and it's great. On on any other record, that would be the epic of the album. And it does still feel mm. really epic, but then you've yeah. got these two songs at the end, which are well, just... Well yeah um and then the kind of blank drone going into we saw birds through the hole in the ceiling which is like this kind of a electro song that goes into this dreamy floaty number which is like you know kind of weezer stoned before it gets really heavy you get this big fucking riff at the end and died in the prison of the holy office uh which is the other long other long one reminds me of sort of a heavier radio head with the sort of led zeppelin style eastern mysticism thing mm -hmm. as well i really like most yeah, all of these songs i mean your brain is a rubber maid is really good as well um so your brain is a rubber maid sounds a bit like tall but yeah like, yeah yeah with, but like with katie dvorak's beautiful vocal over the top and then these furious guitars come in like bands that i never suspected that they would um uh effect or take influence i mean i have no idea if tool is, is is something that they are taking influence from but there was definitely a tool feeling to that record and i think the album starts and initially it sounds you know the first few songs are just like well this is just another world is a beautiful place record but as it goes on it it does bring in these other things and these other elements which are unexpected mm. trouble reminds me of hundred reasons <laughs> that riff at the end it's hundred reasons i, that, I really yeah yeah. I really like that. And then, um, yeah, then you get... So I was like, this album's really, really good. But, you know, it was, what? I mean, pff, half an hour in, probably, I was. I suddenly went, fucking hell, I'm on, train, I'm on, I'm on track seven mm. and I'm half an hour in. Mm. Like, this is going to be done mm. within, like, you know, 42 minutes or something. And, um, you know, just thinking, well, I've only got four songs left. And did it feel like then, half an hour at that point out of interest not particularly it didn't mm. feel like half an hour but i looked at it but i was like oh it's been about half an hour and i was like oh i'm on track seven okay. and i hadn't really noticed the time but it was because it was it was just really good yeah and it was reminding me of all these things i was like great and then i did see the i was like i looked at the times of the last two songs and i was like oh <laughs> oh. oh okay so we're gonna be here a little while longer and i have to say when i saw that i was like that feels like a weird thing to do because you've gone bang, 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 bang. And even the sort of six minute long songs, there's a five and a half minute long song, there's a six minute long song. Everything else is between kind of three and a half minutes for just over four minutes or whatever. And I was like, God, they're really good. 
because I had remembered hearing the 2015 album. Yeah. yeah, and um, that's quite a lengthy record, if I remember um, rightly. It's um, a little shy of an hour, or maybe a little over an hour, I think. Right. Okay, but it's got some long songs on, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. So it's is it? I mean, let me double check because I feel like there's not a lot. It doesn't have anything as as long as uh, the the last song on this record or anything like this. No. That, but the last song on Harmlessness is around eight minutes, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, I've definitely heard that record, and yeah, so it's it's fifty three minutes, and oh no, you're right actually. Oh yeah, so the last two songs on that seven minutes and eight minutes twenty one, and I do remember. I think listening to it then, I was like. You've saved two really fucking long songs to go on at the end. And they've done it again here and they've obviously made them longer. And I was like, that is a, an interesting, bold decision to be making. To keep those two songs. I mean, I think seven minutes and eight minutes together. You go, hmm, when you've been, everything's been four minutes. Odd to put them together, I guess. But to have, you know, the longest song be six minutes, 48 which is quite a bit longer than everything else, which is 309, 329, 1 minute 40, 336, 304, 246, 443. To then have something which is 15 minutes and 40 seconds mm. and then 19 minutes and 45 seconds, I was like, what an unusual way to finish your record. What an unusual way to to place those two songs next to each other i got the i got the willies when i saw it i was like oh god i'm not sure if they're going to be able to uh make that work i'm not sure i like they're very expensive and stuff but i'm not sure if they're godspeedy black emperor style expensive you know yeah and infinite josh which starts with a little acoustic guitar part by seven minutes in you're in this kind of sweet indie pop song with i guess what chris morris would call a spherical riff um <laughs> 10 minutes in it's this double drum chugging riff big lush chords beneath it and then it kind of builds on that until it reaches this climax with the vocals coming in and the ends of the massive bass line before everything drops out and i was like yeah that that really works that's really, really great works, yeah. and fewer afraid the epic of all the epics it's nearly 20 minutes long I mean, again, that builds to something from tiny little chimes to something really, really bold and beautiful over a 20-minute long uh, runtime, nearly 20-minute long runtime. Um, I just think that maybe they've missed a trick by putting those two together. Really? Yeah. See, I don't. I, the reason I don't feel that is because of this distinction that I make. I kind of put... I, I, I see it as a record of two halves you know yeah it's like putting an ep on that one well, an ep it's like it feels like two eps that have been sort of stapled together i think mm. Mm. and i don't there's nothing on the record that i don't actually like mm. i just think after 15 minutes after because look i'm to be honest neither of those two last songs are my favorite songs on the record okay i think they are afraid to die comes in and you're like oh my god this is instant and catchy and brilliant and they do enough stuff in something like invading the world as of the guilty as a spirit of vengeance to show that hey look you don't actually need to do we don't need to do 15 20 minutes to get loads of stuff in on it the way that blank drone goes into we thought we saw through birds through the hole in the ceiling again like you're like there's a there's fucking loads going on in there i mean that combined is just over just over the five minute mark mm -hmm. right yeah it's like five minutes 15 something like that in, in its entirety two songs and they do loads in it. 
and i'm not saying that neither of those songs that are that long are too long mm. i'm just saying they've proven earlier on in the album that they can get a lot done and write a really really memorable song you know the the chorus of afraid to die is in my head it lives yeah. in my head now yeah. forever yeah yeah because it's so and it did from like the second time i listened to it um your brain is a rubber made i can i can hear that riff in my brain yeah. now do you know what i mean yeah. and they they've they've written like i i was because you know i was thinking they're not really a kind of they're not like the menzigers are they with the world is a beautiful place they're not trying to write instantaneous you know <laughs> bangers and yet they have they ha kind of have done that and they they've sort of had their cake and they're eating it as well, well which i think is really impressive this is why they're an extraordinary band i think i think and i think they managed that on harmlessness as well like most definitely and they manage it at points during their other records as well whenever if ever and um always foreign like they really are an extraordinary band the world is a beautiful place i i, I think they're absolutely amazing i i just kind of see it as because I make that split between the two different parts of the record, I, I do totally agree with you that this band are capable of doing a lot in a very short amount of time. And they don't have traditional song structures at all, really. Quite often, you'll hear a big melodic chorusy part and it'll only come in once. Like, it, it won't come in again. And um, some people find that frustrating, but I actually think it makes me want to come back to the record more and more. It's like, I want to hear that part. But when all the other parts surrounding it are brilliant as well, it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, the amount of craft that has been put into this album is really extraordinary. On the last two songs, and I don't think the last two songs are necessarily the best on the record either, I would actually find it really difficult to choose my favourite song on this record because it keeps changing, and that's always a good sign. Um... The, the last two songs sort of do something a little bit different. They do sort of sit in a pocket and kind of jump onto a riff and let it expand and move out in a more sort of post-rock sort of fashion. But they do constantly have a forward sense of momentum and change all the time. And it's one of those things that rather than having lots of different parts spliced together very, very well, I should add, they kind of um ride along one melody or one line but that melody changes all the time so that like if you go into the three minute part of the song then the six minute part of the song then the nine minute part of the song you realize that it is changing it's just doing it subtly before your ears um and i think the fact that they can do both of those things and do both of them so well is just a sign of a really remarkable band and like i say you know even though i am a fan of this band when i loaded it up and saw the length of it i was quite nervous i thought that they may have overstretched themselves but looking at the bio and stuff and the the way that they put this record together i think um lockdown has allowed them to put a lot more time and focus into the record and really just get everything right and this is a record which is this length and I kind of listen to it and go, well, I don't really know for what you're trying to do. I'm not strictly sure what you could do to improve this. I, I think I think they've actually hit the nail on the head. And the amount of the details and the craft that has been put into it, I think is absolutely extraordinary. And there's so many... There's so many weird, like you mentioned invading the world of the guilty as a spirit of vengeance. And by the way, those titles, right? I mean, you can 
be all like oh it's wordy and wanky and blah 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 whatever but you know what it's it sounds anything that can be that poetic and sound different from anything else it's like i talk about lana del rey's chemtrails over the country club that's something that you can't Mm. you can't mimic that because it's come from an insular creative mind but invading the world of the guilty as a spirit of vengeance has this wicked frantic guitar tapping over these beautifully evocative drawn out synth chords it's a bit like Addie van halen jamming with jean michael jarre except it isn't because really the only band that the world is a beautiful place and i'm no longer afraid to die sound like is the world is a beautiful place i'm no longer afraid to die <sighs> so you know and and i think that's an incredible skill to have and and I mean, I kind of felt, especially after Always Foreign, which I thought was a a good album, a very good album, actually, but it didn't have the impact on me that Harmlessness had. I sort of felt like, okay, World is a Beautiful Place peaked really early with Harmlessness, and they're probably not going to do another record which is as good as that, but they're still continuing to do really, really good stuff. I think Illusory Walls is proved me wrong i think it's difficult to it's i wouldn't really want to put my foot down and say i think this is a better record than harmlessness yet uh because i've not had it for long enough and i feel like i've only just scratched the surface with this record it feels like one of those epic albums you know coheed and cambria's fourth album that's really really long but it has so much going on and so much to unpack Mm -hmm. illusory walls reminds me of that um, except yeah, yeah. in my opinion I, I mean I prefer World is a Beautiful Place to Coheed and Cambria personally so I prefer this to, to four as great as that record is good Apollo star um, that also has two really like one well, it's, it's about four really, it's got massive epic, epic songs at shit end. at the end yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think this is absolutely amazing and I wouldn't be surprised at all if come the end of the year uh, I do think this is the equal of harmlessness if not maybe even better and for them Mm. to have um to have tried to do something on such an epic scale and pulled it off i think i think this is something to be grateful for um i mean not to not to be facetious or anything like that because obviously there's a lot of things that aren't to be grateful for but the fact that this time and coronavirus and all that stuff has allowed them the time to really craft this album and put it together in the way that they have uh i think is definitely something to be grateful for as a result um of 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 that they said actually somewhere in the bio that the last song alone took them almost as much time in the studio as the entire last record as always foreign did so that's kind of the detail it took them about three weeks to construct did you write this bio by the way no i didn't (laughs) no i didn't because it's very pretentious (laughs) it's incredibly pretentious that bio i did read the bio and i wasn't going to bring it up because you've been talking about it so much i was like (laughs) (laughs) this bio talking about taking on the weight of human existence while it's buckling under the pressure of today's near dystopian society personal anxieties and political struggles collide with a series of portentous apocalyptic and dramatic tunes resulting in some of the most darkest music the band has made since forming in 2009 yeah that sounds like something i'd write um, it does yeah hey i like language what can i say um i i mean I, you know I, there, there is an argument to say this is portentous and uh, overblown and, and ridiculous but then what the fuck is wrong with that well the thing is there's 
you can make that argument if you like, but then you have to ignore, I would say, probably 60% of the record if you're going to do that. Absolutely. Because actually, I am, you know, I, I'm not adverse to long and i mean i'm not you but i'm not ad- adverse to like long and involving and difficult very few challenging people music no no, no <laughs> just one actually as far as i'm aware um uh and you know i i i really like this and what i like about it is the big riffs and the choruses yeah and those are brilliant like those are brilliant it feels like you get two albums in one doesn't it i mean you sort of said it before as like it feels mm. like an album with an ep tacked on the end i feel like it's two records but two brilliant records um you know it's not a double album but it actually kind of has the feel of a double album and that is awesome to me i mean it's really difficult to pull off but fuck me they have you know i think this is absolutely amazing like i said i'm comparing it to harmlessness and saying it may well be better than harmlessness i mean if that rings true harmlessness was in my top 10 of 2015 so we're probably yeah but 2015 was pretty shit on it so 2015 you know. was uh not as good as this year has uh, i mean i'm actually getting anxiety uh about um the the top 20 albums of the year towards the end of the year because freaking hell it's uh it's looking really really good Ren- renfrew still hasn't hasn't realized that his top 20 of the year doesn't actually matter it's not like, it's not like no, no one's gonna die if you give a few weeks later you go oh shit i should have put that into my top 20 no one's yeah. gonna come around and, like drag you out and hit you with a billy club and beat you up but you know full well you start getting, i do you I get do. you start yeah. getting close to it and then for whatever reason it actually really starts to grind on yeah, you yeah it is true but i'm trying I'm I'm trying to adopt the. Do you know what my opinion might change? Because the things we have to say this because in six months' time I'll go to a gig and I'll bump into one of you lot and you'll go, oh, you said the other day that this album was your favourite song of ever, but when you you put it at number eight in your album of the year and you put the one number eleven in the albums and it's like, yeah, I know, I've changed my mind in the last six months. Like, let me let me do that. It's a crime to change your mind. You're not allowed. It is, yes. No, no, no. I mean, look, we're being facetious. But yeah, I mean, mean, obviously it's an ever-evolving thing. But like, I mean, look, I would not be surprised at all if this is in my top 20 at the end of the year, despite the fact that it has been an insane year, partly because a lot of these records have been... I mean, I I assume from what the buyer was saying that this record would have been released, you know, maybe a year ago. Um, But if it had had have been released that time it might not have been as good so you know that's a that's a fantastic thing i i think this is brilliant i i absolutely adore it it is very good it is very good will it get into my top 20 i think it's um it's gonna be a struggle to get into my top 20 to be honest but i do think it is very very good uh it's called illusory walls and it's by The World is a Beautiful Place, and I am no longer afraid to die. Right, let's move on to our next record. It comes from a band who you've all heard, if you listen to our podcast, Frontera Oxidize. It's the third full-length album from the tech metal madness-inducing Wizards, the follow-up to 2018's Unloved album, which was one of the first records that we ever reviewed on this show, in fact, back in episode one, I think it was. Oh, the shit. Right act. Well... We also chucked something pretty fucking gross at you on our show last week when the song, um, what is the song called? Removal of the Copper Iris and the Lightning Pill. Absolutely. Catchy. Um, <laughs> like like this album. 
yeah was just chucked at you played unannounced in the middle of our show crumbs did that scare a lot of you bastards we did yes we did a little cheeky thing uh i have wanted to do that on this podcast since we started i think probably going back to when we reviewed the last frontier record just um just unannounced put a song on there uh and we we did a little drama skit didn't we which was good we did which went down mm-hmm. very well three years of drama training we not we wasted. bowed at the end of it we did a little cut <laughs> we, took, we took our bows at the end of the podcast yes uh i, I mean the um, well, the one thing i will say thank you so much for the reaction to that i do apologize somewhat for the amount of people who came in and said that they uh i hope not literally shout themselves and people who said that they were driving um when that came in uh the thought of uh, us causing a 10 car pile up or something like that is pretty awful people who said they were trying to put their kids to sleep and then that burst through um a lot of that made me feel really really guilty but would i do it again of course i would because it was cool it was cool and it came in very nicely and And thank you very much to frontier for letting us do it as well because usually we have actually asked other bands in the past who i won't know but we've asked other bands in the past to do it and usually someone somewhere usually a label person or a manager or whatever has gone "Eh, no 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 yeah we asked we asked the foo fighters and they said no (laughs) and then they said yes and we heard the song and we said no (laughs) that's 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 not true that's not true none of that is true uh anyway so let's talk about oxidized it is another pretty insane proposition this feels like a lengthy album what is it 40 something odd minutes 49 minutes 30 seconds uh it's a long time to be smacked about with this level of intensity i think you get straight in they go for that car bomb laser guitar thing on the open the opening track heirloom don't Mm, they mm. but it's almost like that laser that we thought was so impressive on the car bomb album has been sort of mutilated in some way like like <laughs> yeah. like the guy in robocop who gets hit by the he comes in like help me help me that guy like <laughs> it's like that that sound has had that done to it yeah i th- i think it's very fair to say i mean i think what you're getting at what i think it's fair to say we've always been very very impressed with frontier in the past like really impressed because they are pushing the form and they are pushing the the like extremity to unbelievable levels in in a way that i feel like dillinger were doing 23 years ago i feel like with calculating infinity i think frontiera are doing that but for now they're not thinking about the present in music they're thinking about the future in music and there's a very small class of bands who are twisting extreme music into realms where it hasn't been pushed before um you know i mean car bomb you've already mentioned fawn limbs i think is a fair one to shout out and there's a couple of others as well but you know, if there has been a criticism of what we said with Frontier in the past, it's been that it's just attack, 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 attack all the time to the point where sitting down and listening to an album the whole way through just feels so exhausting and not necessarily in a good way. Sometimes it can be exhausting in a, in a my God, I really feel like I got my fill uh, and that, that, that was in- incredible and that felt like good value for money almost. And sometimes it can just be like, I need this to end because it's a bit, much you know um i personally think frontiera have taken steps to address this uh to address that sort of exhaustion factor on this record but i think they've done it in a way that neither you or i or probably most people would have expected i think that's fair to say do you agree with that oh, yeah yeah just from the so i think 
I, I haven't gone back to our last uh, I haven't gone back to our um, review of Unloved but I think there was kind of like we were sort of saying it'd be really good if they added like a melodic bit here just to like break up the pace or something like that or just yeah. something you know so, something a little bit like something with clean guitars or something just just because it's such a fucking sonic maelstrom and um i don't think frontier are interested well i kind of know frontier aren't interested in doing that because i've spoken to pedram a lot about it um and i think they are interested in pushing the form although at the same time they are aware that being given this amount of music uh, which is this extreme for this length of time is uh, an onslaught, and it is it is it is a hell of a thing to go through, and they kind of want it to be that to an extent, but I think they've approached it in a way. So there are hooks on this record which are incredibly brief, um, and they are not hooks in a sort of vocal melodic sense and actually quite a lot of the time they aren't even melodic um these hooks they're sort of often weird ass computer game noises or something like that the way that we described uh what was the main the main song from that carbon record with the the laser thing you know that laser thing from that carbon uh, record but yeah. like that that is a hook that's something that happens suddenly which is unexpected and, and hooky but it's not in a traditional sense um, you know, Southern Hemorrhage features what I'm loosely going to call a guitar solo, but in actual fact sounds like a dozen or so laser guns shooting at one another in different pitches. The stuff going on on this record that I feel... That's also got a full-blown Dimebag Daryl Great Southern Train oh. Kill guitar riff on it as oh, well. Oh yeah, which is absolutely... So, yeah. yeah, in terms of that whammy bar kind of thing, which is fucking huge. I feel like I need to invent a new language to describe some of the stuff that's on this record. Um, I think uh, Savon's is not a typical Frontier track at all. It takes a far more dubby drum and bass type thing and injects it with that typical what the actual fuck is going on here Frontier vibe that they conjure so well. But that is actually doing something which they haven't done before. Stereo Optican makes a hook of sorts out of what sounds like a siren. <laughs> you know it's kind of looking at things from a different perspective and i think that's kind of the purpose that's what they're trying to do um opaque horizon has this bit in the middle of the song which almost sounds like a western uh it's a really fucked up western where like opaque horizon sounds like this space invaders arcade machine in a tumble dryer <laughs> in a good way or in a bad way yeah in a, in in a, a, good, in a way. good way yeah in a good way. I mean, it's a fucking hell of a thing. A lot of like even the bits because I agree. Like there is bits in this where there's so much of this which is uh, is is not musical in a lot of ways. Do you know what I mean? Like there's stuff in it where you go, well, this appears to be the thing that they want you to most focus on on this, and it's actually not musical. Like weird corrosive wash robot voice and weird lasers, like this kind of industrial nightmare. Um, death there's something called death and yeah. it does sound like all the different ways in which you could die all <laughs> happening at the same time um there's a song in called your magnetic drift yeah there's a song called magnetic drift and it's like it sounds like worms you know when you pick up worms and you hear like like a squelchy it's yeah. like it's like it sounds like worms crawling on your face and that's the hook <laughs> and then it's gross and then it goes in this massive groove and i think when they do that 
that's when this record really 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 works like absolutely lkwx the horror film break which turns into an absolute breakdown that long drawn out is it a trumpet or a horn or something there's these long drawn out notes yeah it feels like that kind of hammer horror thing and chad screams as i wake up under the wax like that is fucking wicked yeah yeah and there's a bit in the middle of dark day where it goes where it goes all kind of apex twin Mm. It's sort of ambient apex twin and then it goes mad again which is brilliant and there's it's a bit, actually a melodic mention... actually a melodic vocal on dark yeah. as well they take 13 tracks <laughs> to get in there but there actually is one uh yeah um, those scary the other bit that right. i the, the last thing that i want to like bring up is there's the damage in the sift yes has got which sounds like a squeaky gate being pulled <laughs> back and forth yeah and that's the hook yeah it's a right old noise this yeah yeah I mean, I commend them for trying all these different things and I commend them for trying to find hooks in things that are not traditionally minded hooks-based things. Mm-hmm. But most people are not going to hear that. They're just going to go, fuck me, what a noise. I don't think Frontier are making music for most people. No, no, I, I don't either. But I'm just saying that, like, were you to play this to to most people... I think they just go, fucking hell, that's just a big old fat noise. But I like the fact that they have gone, it is, but we've got the worm solo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is very few artists make progression in uh, a musical genre or musical style by making music for people en masse. You know, that's not really... I don't think when Dillinger put Calculating Infinity together, they were looking for an absolutely massive, massive audience. And I admire the fact that Frontier, they could go down easy routes and just put like a melodic chorus in here or 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 do, or do something like that. And, and they kind of refuse to do that because they're trying to push the form beyond that. If they did do that then it would they'd be going down a path that a lot of other people have already done and you know this is quite a tired and boring subject that we've brought up multiple times on this record but there aren't very many people doing that in extreme heavy music at the moment um and it's a real shame and then when bands do come along who do that i mean it feels like to me that frontier are writing music for people 10 years in the future it feels so ahead of its time i'm just like i don't know if i'm really truly gonna get this until five years time or whatever i think um going on tour with them i went on tour with them oh man just before just before coronavirus hit um and seeing them night after night for sort of five six nights in a row kind of made the band as a whole make more sense to me um and i think i think almost you have to kind of in order for it to make sense you have to throw yourself into it and you have to just go right i'm just gonna make myself listen to this multiple times until i get it but you know what i had to do that with dillinger first time i heard dillinger Mm -hmm. i thought they were fucking rubbish you know Mm -hmm. i was wrong but i thought i didn't get it i didn't understand it and i think this is what frontier are looking to do um i mean if we're gonna sit down and analyze stuff like you know is oxidized too long for example at like 49 minutes and 30 seconds 
I mean, there's an argument to say that it is, but what I think it does really, really impressively, it starts at a 10 in terms of its extremity and in terms of like, holy fucking shit, this is absolutely batshit mental. And then it proceeds to move the goalposts of what extremity is. And you think, well, this can't possibly get more jaw dropping or what the fuck. And and yet throughout its 16 tracks and 50 minute runtime, there's... It, it it continues to repeatedly make my jaw drop because it gets heavier and harder and weirder and odder as it goes on. And I think the album, like by the end, those last three songs that um, Triptyke of Glacial Plasma, The Damage and The Sift and Hope, are ju- like by that point, it just feels like there's an, a fucking nuclear explosion going off in my head. But it feels like they have pushed the form beyond anything that i've really heard before i don't think this is a good comparison in terms of what they're doing because i think they've gone in different directions but something that i adored about that code orange record is it constantly threw up what the fuck moments for me i don't think frontier i think personally and i don't think this is a bad thing i'm not saying this is a criticism or anything like that but i personally think the code orange do want to play in front of big crowds and they do want to be of course they do that's why well the difference between i mean i was actually going to bring this up because i was going to say the the thing the difference is and i think this is a marked difference and i think it's actually this is for me where why code orange are still ahead of everybody is that code orange make you go oh my god what the fuck but they've actually written like genuine songs which I think can cross over. I think people can hear that. And the first time they hear it, they might go, fuck me, it's just a noisy in it. And there's loads of glitchy bits. and It's all fucking weird. But then after a while, those hooks will get their hooks into you. I'm not sure Frontier will give a fuck if 10 listens in, the guy in a Mudvayne t-shirt or a Disturbed t-shirt goes, oh, actually, no, I do get this now. Yeah, I do get it. I'm not sure if they give a fuck in the mm. slightest. Mm. They probably don't. I don't think Dillinger did back in the day no. either. I'm not sure Meshuggah really did by the time they got to like, you know, catch the, Three and stuff like that so you know that's not a that's not a a problem but no one's gonna jump on the old space invader in a tumble dryer (laughs) hook in the same way as they will on one of reba's hooks no absolutely and i actually feel like you know it's i guess depending on your personal preference which one of those two things you think is better or which one of those things you think is more difficult to create um I think the idea that Frontier have is probably more unique. That approach is probably more unique. But I think what Code Orange is doing is probably harder to pull off. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I, I wouldn't even compare the two in that respect as to like which is more difficult. I think I just think they are completely different paths. And I and I and I actually. I, I commend both of those bands for taking those paths, but I'm also kind of glad that Frontera have chosen to take this one because I think long term this is actually pushing the form more so in a in a weird way. Um, but the results of that probably won't be seen in in this kind of music for <laughs> ten years or so. And I can see Frontera inspiring versions of this sort of thing that are maybe a bit safer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can see, and I think like, when you look, like Carbon, Fawn, Limbs, Frontier are probably being three where you go, okay, well, that's Meshuggah mm. taken to An insane three, com- three completely different, insane places. Yeah. 
someone's going to get hold of one of them probably yeah. and try and do it but then it's you sort of think well i guess people have already done that with meshuggah they've already shaved off the edges of meshuggah and made it more palatable so i kind of think well yeah in this instance it's hard to know where one could go in the aftermath of like this this record in, in the aftermath of oxidized they've basically taken to it to a point where you go if you go backwards you're just another tech fest band if you go forward well i don't know how you go forward you know how, how do you make something wilder than this i mean i think fawn limbs did a really fucking brilliant job of changing and adding in all these new elements on that last record i think carbon mm-hmm. expertly did that like okay let's see if we can actually write some songs mm-hmm. and they did mm-hmm. without really losing any of the intensity that made them so good in the first place and frontier have just gone well actually what we're going to do <laughs> is make hooks out of white, white noise, noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that's that's the challenge isn't it how do you keep yeah, pushing yeah, of forward course. and to be honest when i first heard orange mathematics the frontier's first album i went well they're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to like push this any further and then they did with unloved and then with oxidized they've done it again i feel like this is this is that cliche of it being heavier than the previous records but it's also more focused and pin sharp and you know it's um the songs are shorter and they move on from the ideas quicker which i definitely think is a, a good sign to go in that direction and as i said before as i kind of posited before is oxidized too long there is an argument to say that it is but i have to admit i stared at the tracklist for a very long time and I don't know exactly what I would take off it. And looking at it for a really long time, I went, okay, maybe, maybe it would be slightly improved if this magnetic drift and disintegrative were taken off so that you get into that experimental, more batshit bonkers second half even quicker. Um, But that feels like a tough call to make, I think, because whilst it's a lot to take on one sitting this album it feels like there's something genuinely mind-bending being done on every single track i think sometimes it's just like a kernel of an idea and just a bit here and there uh like i'd say with this magnetic drift and disintegrative but sometimes it's like the whole thing you're just like what the actual fuck is this and that's important in like it, and I feel like it's more important than ever in this style of music because not many people are bothering to do that. Mm. Well, when you see what's kind of popular, what is I, I feel like we are in a situation sort of similarly to where we were when those albums that I was just talking about came out, the the Calculate Infinities and the We Are the Romans and the and the Jane Does, and that you do have records like this, which at the moment aren't really getting no one's no one's excited, sort of on mass. When you look at like oh god hashtag metal twitter or whatever people aren't don't seem to be going oh your frontier is out on friday do you know what i mean and no one was going oh fawn limbs is out on friday like p- people weren't doing i that. don't know if that's true i mean they when no, it's not true it's not true they're doing it about sleep token and spirit box well uh, well it depends it, it depends where you look i mean a lot of the mainstream metal press are focusing on those but if you actually go to yeah. the underground and like i mean when Frontera announced this album, they sold out of uh, their vinyl in something silly like three minutes or something insane like that. There is actually a section of the metal press which is more online because it doesn't assume that people want a certain thing. It just goes, this is fucking great. And then it 
puts it out to people and then they either buy it or they don't but Frontier are constantly breaking records on Bandcamp and stuff like that and I know these aren't like the biggest platforms ever but they're the platforms mm. which you know we encourage people to use because they're ethically sound and all that sort of thing and I mean I think there is actually a large contingent of people who are seeing music like this and who are fed up of like the same old tropes happening in metal and stuff that they've heard time and time again who are fighting back against that and just because it's not being picked up by things that are in print i mean that's i don't think that yeah that well we'll see aren't we i mean that's good that they sold out all of their stuff from i mean that is that's great that they've sold out all their stuff from I Bandcamp think, and whatnot. i think they're on their third pressing of this album and it's not even out okay. yet Okay. like that that is un, that is unheard of well we'll see i mean all i know is that when i look at the clamber for what's going on in general i see a lot of like sleep token are probably gonna be top 10 this week in the uk albums chart i think they're they were well, they were midweek top 10 spirit box were midweek top 10 as well um and ended up in the top 20 for their debut album which is pretty impressive to be fair mm. and if sleep token get a top 20 album that will be impressive as well mm. to be fair mm. uh and i think you will see a lot of people championing that a lot of people a lot of people from uh i guess the established arm of the music industry mm. but whether that be management people label people pr people people who write for hammer or kerrang or rock sound or or press or whatever right you'll see you will see a lot of that you probably won't see them say anything about Frontier. I'm not talking about an underground movement because, you know, Calculate Infinity had that as well, but they weren't on the front cover of Kerrang. I mean, I, I, I think all I'm trying to say really is there's room for both. I don't have any massive issue with Sleep Taken's success. I don't particularly have a massive issue with Spirit Box's success either. Um, but, like, there's there's no reason why you can't push this as well and it's not going to have the same audience but it's not trying to have the same audience it's trying to do something no. different it's it like sleep token and spirit box aren't pushing the form forward and i you know i quite like sleep token spirit box are okay but like you know you need to have artists in there who are pushing things as well and just because they're not in the charts or anything like that that doesn't like make them null and void that seems preposterous to me but there is room for all of this stuff to be pushed. But that's not what I'm saying, is it? I mean, that's everything you've just said is is not relevant to what I'm talking about, which is that. Well, what do you mean? I mean that that you that you won't see what you said about the hype being an underground thing. I think it 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 may well. Be. I mean, it, it will have to be because I don't because people want to go oh look rock music's back and it's great and it's in the charts and da 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 da, da. and you know this isn't going to get in the charts it's you know arguably is the fucking total antithesis of the sort of thing that you would ever imagine would get in the charts at all I don't think that matters though but that's not what I'm saying it doesn't matter whether or not it matters the point is is that back I'm saying this feels like the same thing that happened no one talked about drown drowning man got 5ks in kerrang i think i've got it upstairs for rock and roll killing machine the same week as chocolate starfish came out and got like 2ks which one did kerrang cover more well obviously they covered limp biscuit more obviously it didn't mean that everyone went oh well <laughs> you know like i didn't go oh that must mean that drowning man's better than limp biscuit or, or, or limp biscuit's better than drowning man i should say because they're getting more coverage in kerrang but it feels like to me the same sort of thing where there's a whole bunch of stuff in 
heavy music at the moment i suppose i mean i was about to say earn but i think even earn, even earn have, have done all right like earn amazingly have actually had have kind of risen up a little bit and, and it feels like a few people are at least paying a bit of attention to them nobody i don't think anybody is really paying attention to the few bands the sort of seven eight bands that we have really gone this band in metal are fucking great this year i don't feel like anyone else really cares about them apart from us i don't think the people that you're talking about paying attention have the power that they had 20 years ago and i don't think they probably don't they probably don't but i'm i am saying that like i mean yeah again i don't i don't i don't know i don't disagree with that but i also don't i think it says quite a lot about to me it's quite depressing because i think there used to be a time where you you would if something felt as exciting as this there'd at least be an idea i mean i've you know i've mentioned this band to a few people uh at hammer like once i heard it i was like oh this would be really good to get you know get them in the magazine like you know push them and they just don't really want to i mean obviously that's talking about one magazine but i do i don't know i just think you know it it was a fucking hard sell to get shit like dillinger and converge and cave in mm. and stuff like that into a new metal focused kerrang ecosystem back in the day mm. and i think what we have right now is a similarly difficult challenge of putting um a band like fawn limbs in front of people who like ginger yeah and going you ever thought about an alternative to this like stuff that you're listening to which is fairly rudimentary and not really that interesting and i think that is that is the challenge for like this type of music and i think it's a really fucking difficult challenge it feels like it did sort of 20 years ago when you know just before people actually started paying attention to stuff that was on ferret records or revelation or whatever because there doesn't really seem to be much sort of thirst for this type of thing inside of the the more traditionally minded rock media bubble i would say but the more traditionally rock minded bubble is getting less and less powerful every single day and all the alternative routes are becoming more and more powerful every single day um you can see it happening before you i mean the way that frontier went to number one when they announced this record on Bandcamp within hours you know um and more and more people are discovering those platforms and it's becoming i suppose the good thing about the internet and things being more freely available and all that sort of thing is people are discovering that there are other ways that you can get into this music now i'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that this is going to become the dominant popular form of metal or anything like that we're talking about an extreme metal band here not sort of in a black metal way or a death metal way in a way that i'm not sure even has a descriptor yet that's why it's exciting that's why it's different you know um and we are looking to push those kind of things on this show but that doesn't mean that i'm saying oh i imagine in five years time ten years time frontier are gonna get a main stage slot on download but i don't think that fucking matters like there's a lot of people in this industry who go well that's the ultimate that's the important thing and it isn't that's the fallacy it's completely untrue it doesn't matter and frontier just need a a a small but a very passionate dedicated fan base to 
be into what they are doing and they absolutely already have that and i think oxidized is by far uh, it's weird to say this because it is heavier and it is it is you know a lot more a lot more like crazy than it has done before but i do actually think it's also probably the most palatable frontier album it's, it's that heavier and heavier and more melodic yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but more melodic doesn't feel like the right thing to say in this particular case but but yes it is kind of that cliche where like like th- this is frontier's best album there's absolutely no fucking doubt about that like objectively this is a frontier's best album because they've done everything to the 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 best that they could do at this point and it is really difficult to see how they could push it further but like i said i said that when i heard orange mathematics and i said it when i heard unloved and yet they have done it yet again and mm. you know i know pedron's working on a fourth album right now I, I, so far it's three for three they'll probably do it again with the fourth one when that comes along i think they're probably working on stuff for the fifth record like they they are looking so far ahead in every single respect and that's what bands have to do to innovate and i'm not really talking about popularity i'm talking about innovation and that filters through that does filter through eventually and it takes time to do that but it's looking at the long road it's looking at the long game and seeing how you can do that and i think we need bands like frontera to do that and i think they've done that perfectly those records always need those bands yeah i mean i get what like i get it but i do think that (laughs) i would rather have frontera in kerrang than uh, holding absence Hmm. i would rather have that it's an online publication now there's room for both there is but you know one of them will get in there and the other one won't <laughs> like well, do you know we'll what i mean see. So i mean there are things that we will see we'll see there's the i mean but uh you know that that i at no point during this review have i said frontier have become gonna become massive um no i but i'm that's not what i'm saying either hmm. i'm not saying that either you made the comparison with the dillinger escape plan and i said yes it is similar to the dillinger escape plan because in 1999 when calculating infinity came out there was loads of rubbish music getting pushed for in by the metal press and people talking about how great metal was even though it was crap and there was loads of music underneath it that no one really paid that attention to which was completely fucking with the formula which was loads better and it took them a few years before people kind of cottoned onto that and then it kind of got co-opted into something which wasn't very very good and that's sort of what's happening at the moment now because we've got top 20 albums from really unbelievably unremarkable bands like spirit box and i wouldn't say sleep token are unremarkable band but i think they're all right uh there's definitely this yeah. is, i like sleep token and this is bands, this is yeah and this is comfortably more interesting yeah. than them yeah yeah, I yeah, think. yeah but that's just that's just the way that's just the way that art goes isn't it in every single forum and in every single you know that's just how it is but that doesn't mean that it's not something that you should pay attention to and i think the listeners of this podcast kind of already know that because we bangs that drum quite a lot yeah well i mean it doesn't happen in uh rap music but there we go um you know they're always happy to push <laughs> you've got to be good to get somewhere in a lot of other genres and like electronic music as well you get a lot of stuff like i don't know it's just metal isn't it? i don't just know i mean you know clipping aren't selling out arenas um no but dave's selling more records than in the uk than that's uh, true but i i don't think i I think the dave album's very very good but i don't think it's strictly innovative 
I think there's a big difference between really, really good music and innovative music. I think there's a massive difference between the Dave record and, you know, the clipping record, for example. That's yeah, there is. Yeah, that's obvious. There, there, but they, we're talking about is, yeah. we're talking about different things there. The Dave album's very, very good, but there's nothing on it that's particularly um, challenge, that challenging in a musical form. No, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, well, you know, that is true. Yeah. Anyway, Oxidizer's out now. It is good. Let's move on to our next record, which came out last week, as a matter of fact. Flux by Poppy, the fourth full-length solo album from the weird YouTuber turned alt icon. The follow-up to her 2020 album, I Disagree, where she went full-blown baby metal. Um, uh, and the, again, you know, embraced by a metal public a kind of rock and metal public who I guess were just happy that somebody was paying attention to them for a little bit and that she painted her face. And even though she didn't really write that many good songs on that record, it was all a bit jarring. Um, it was all a bit of a mess. It all felt a bit rushed. I thought, I think there are moments on that record. Yeah, definitely. The, ti- the, ti- the title track, for example, is a song that I've gone back to quite a few times. And I think that is a pretty good pop banger. But for me, uh, I'm not sure how well the sort of new metal aesthetic and this kind of plinky plocky cutesy pop, which suddenly turned into, you know, uh, a fucking American head charge cast off riff, <laughs> was really worked. To be honest, I think people just liked the idea of it more than it, the actual music. It felt like a very attention grabbing record and I can understand why it's really tempting for artists to do that in this day and age where you're getting thrown so many new releases at you all the time. Um that kind of, you know, switching between almost like Dago pop into Slipknot S guitars and sub drops which was I went back to I disagree just have a quick listen to it and that's very much like what is done on that opening song Concrete um, it, you know like to be honest it was very impressive in the fact that the switch itself seems very seamless even though the two styles are wildly different from one another but I do feel that I disagree kind of wasn't particularly interested in writing decent songs as much as it was interested in making you go wow that's really quirky and weird oh it's gone into a different bit now Whee! uh it kind of felt like a hyperactive toddler just trying to scream for your attention um but mm-hmm. with not all that much substance to it if i think basically that that is basically how i sort of felt about it and i did sort of wonder to myself um I did sort of wonder to myself, I wonder if we're going to get another quote-unquote rock album. And we sort of do, but this is a very different type of rock album to I Disagree, I think. Very different. And and it's all the better for it, I would say. Definitely. I don't think you could... I think it's... Bar probably one or two exceptions on I Disagree, I don't think you can honestly say that there are well-crafted, well-constructed songs on that album to be totally honest it doesn't really seem interested in doing that but flux um it feels like he definitely does have a lot of really well constructed songs flux feels like an actual album absolutely rather than a collection of ideas and little like jokes and things to throw people off the scent about what you're going to do it feels like an actual album the opener which is the title track um, sort of sounds like a Mel C song. Uh, it's sort of slinky, post-punky with pop vibes, and then you get a metal part in the middle. 
But when the metal part comes in, I was like, okay, well, it's sort of been building to that yes, for a exactly. little while now. Exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't seem jarring. You know, mm. it doesn't seem jarring at all. It seems to actually kind of work, but it's still, it's still mixing lots of different elements. The beat on Flux is a disco beat, um, but it and you know the the melodic hook on the chorus is quite paramory, but it doesn't feel weird or jarring when it does go into that metal bit. And I think that is the difference between good songwriting and just trying to show off about how many different styles of music that you listen to. Mm. and you know it also i mean you mentioned paramore a minute ago i think you know there's a song called less than the damage which is like a a grittier avril lavigne i mean it's almost sort of riot girl 90s alt rock but done with absolute modern day chuck everything at it production i said i said riot girl but it sounds like a manga character is fronting it rather than Mm. a human being which sounds like it could be dreadful but poppy and her collaborators get the balance right i think they keep the spite of the song in there without making the vocal performance itself sound too cutesy i think it's just just about on the right but it's just about the right balance of those two things. I actually, yeah, I, I like that song. I think it's really good. I did. And in So Mean, um, it's much sweeter than anything else that's come so far. It's like a Lindsay Lohan teen movie soundtrack thing, which, you know, again, could be fucking crap when you put it, when mm. you say it like that. Mm. Could mean, that, oh, what an absolute load of old shit that is. But I actually thought it was quite well made. I wouldn't necessarily go oh, I'm going to listen to that a lot. But yes. it was quite good. Yes, right? yes. It was actually like quite a good song. I will say, So Mean is the probably, and I'm going to say this now, so it'll be a bit of a spoiler, but probably the one point on the album where it goes, a, that balance isn't quite right for me. It goes a little bit too sickly sweet, a little bit a little bit too Katy Perry. And I have nothing against Katy Perry necessarily. It's just she's not for me. She's not to my tastes. Um, but I would agree with you that, I don't think this is a bad song or badly put together. It's just it just steps over that, you know, line that I have for this kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it certainly works, and definitely that Mean Girls esque type thing is absolutely there, one hundred percent. Yeah, that, and then you know we get a couple of songs which they're kind of eighties synth pop. I mean, the, 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 some clear new wave with actual blast beats on on the level and again you'd go well that must be really jarring it's actually not no kind of sounds like the sort of thing don broco might do and i think that's fine it was Um, a bit like you know that biffy clyro song on ellipsis where it suddenly goes into a blast beat but it actually sounds um it, it didn't sound alien or weird it actually worked it reminded me of that it segues into that furious guitar strumming i i mean black metal fans would bulk if i called it black metal-esque but it, it and it's probably a little a step too far to call it black metal-esque but it does have that tremolo picking style to it and yeah rather than sounding disorientating it actually sounds like a really natural part of the song it works really well yeah and like i said there's a load of new order on hysteria which is not a def leopard cover that's really good (laughs) it's another sort of shimmering dream pop number i'd say it's probably my favorite song on the record just because of how much it sounds like new order basically but i like um, it when she goes 80s dream pop and she does that a couple of times on this record but i actually think she's very good at that and hysteria it's not actually my favorite um version of it on this record but it is very very good yeah yeah um her is probably the closest thing we get to that new metal thing Mm -hmm. I would say it isn't really new metal as well. It's just a big riff. And even then it sort of sounds like garbage more than a 
new metal band and again on the last one she just it would be like la 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 uh, uh, yes uh, la la uh, and <laughs> you know I'm, i hope tom dark doesn't turn that into a ringtone <laughs> but um <laughs> uh but a scream in the background is really good really effective because really it doesn't good. it doesn't overpower everything it's not like oh look now i'm gonna do a scream i'm mad i am i'm doing like rah rah vocals yeah. it's just sort of part of the song it's as much, opposed to like oh look at this it's much lower in the mix and it kind of feels like it's a texture to the song rather than being like yeah rather than look at me i can sing sickly sunshiny stuff but i can also scream and it's like well yeah that's very impressive well done but can you actually write a song um it's proved on this record that yeah she absolutely can um and yeah i I really like her i think hers great bloom 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 sees poppy singing like over a very quite a complex beat it's just like this weird almost jazzy inflected beat and it is just her singing you know by herself over this beat and then this acoustic guitar comes in and absolutely gorgeous melody comes in it's it's really very unexpected and you know we've we've talked about a lot of different styles on on here so far she's managed to be kind of multi-genre-esque already and yet make it sound so much more cohesive there's so much more craft and ability behind this record than there was i disagree um which just seems to be as i said a very style over substance kind of record um, I think yeah. my favourite song of the record is As Strange As It Seems. The old Blade Runner sci-fi synthy shit coming back, isn't uh, it? Absolutely, yeah. But with a dream pop style melody, which I am well into. Blade Runner's a good shout. I thought Drive, Drive soundtrack wasn't a million miles away either. Yeah. Um, a real human being. <laughs> absolutely. a real hero. That's right. That's my impression of the dry sound. It's right? very good. Um, ring, ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then never mind my place begins on another kind of dream pop-esque motif before ending on a riff that doesn't But that's sound... 90s. So 90s mm. that is. It's got a fucking sneaker pimps melody. Mm-hmm. It's got a muse guitar riff. Yes, I was going to say ending on a muse guitar riff. Yeah, yeah. And then the screams at the end... Mm feel like the right thing to do yes yes after all that yes exactly rather than being like why you, you would get you were doing goo goo gaga a minute ago, like <laughs> fucking you know little miss muffet sat on a tuffet and now you're like trying to sound like behemoth what whereas yeah. uh, here you go oh yeah yeah well that would make sense wouldn't it yeah. I, I actually think never find my place might be my second favorite song on the album and and it's right I really up there like for this. Me. Yeah, it's right up there for me. I really like it as well. Listening to I'm shocked at how good this is. Yes, this album. so am I. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit here, hold my hands up. I suggested that we do this because I think Poppy is an interesting artist. But I don't. Uh, before this record, I didn't particularly. I wasn't a massive fan of hers, and I didn't really think that she was making music that was aimed at me at all or you. I just thought, like I said, I thought she was doing. A very sort of style over substance thing which you know has its merits to a degree but overall i'm just more interested in actually can you write a song which i don't think she proves she could do with i disagree but on flux she proves it 11 times over 11 9 there's nine songs on there nine songs over and it's short and sharp and sweet but it does a lot in that time um 
And now I'm not so convinced that Poppy is writing music that isn't for me. I think actually maybe she is. Like, there were things that I was impressed with on I Disagree, but at no point when we were reviewing it or listening to the promo was I like, well, this is an album that I'm going to go out and purchase with my own money. It's like like Baby Metal, isn't it? Exactly. You hear you hear Baby Metal and you go, oh, that's interesting. It's, and, uh, yeah. I, I, I wonder, like, good for them. Yeah. But you never, like, I've never felt like, oh, I love Baby Metal. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I love them. It's, it's um, impressive and, and I'm impressed yeah. with what you're doing and it sounds new. And if this is what's going to be pushed, then I'm okay with that because it's at least it's different but you know but i've never bought a baby metal album and i've only seen them live once and it was because i got free ticket through my work you know and it was all it was all very impressive but i but i've never felt like i'm a fan of them because they're just um, just too distant from what i'm interested in but this actually genuinely does make me feel like there's a lot more to Poppy than maybe I had assumed with I Disagree. I'm really glad we covered it as well because I think there's some really, really good stuff on this. And would I purchase this album with my own money? I think quite likely I would. I think I think I would probably put this in my collection. I'm I went back to I Disagree and I don't I still kind of feel the same way about that as I did when we reviewed it before but i think this is a massive step up she did a cover last year was it last year or early this year at some point in the last however many months of all the things she all the things you said by tattoo mm-hmm. which is a fucking amazing and i love that song and i was like oh, i'm gonna listen to that and it was really good and it was slightly rocked up not really doing that much to it slightly like guitars were cranked a little bit and i was like well, that's pretty good and when you just said to do this i was like oh I kind of know what I'm going to get. And the fact that, you know, mm. it's so much better in terms of songwriting, it doesn't feel kind of weirdly cobbled together or just, oh, let's just crank the guitars and that be the end of it. It's not trying to go, oh, look how mad I am. I like pop music and I like metal. And, you know, yeah. that last record was, it was jarring. And this is much more subtle and it just feels more interested in, interested in creating the songs that it is, like serving the song as a song. Yeah, You know, I she's a youtuber and it would be you know i i would i have to fess up and go when i heard it i was like well of course yeah a fucking you of course a fucking youtuber would make a record like this of course they would yeah yeah Yeah, because there's nothing to it um and it's probably a bit harsh to say there's nothing to i disagree but there 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 aren't many good songs on it i think think the title track's pretty good but there's not much on there that i would be like I want to, you know, yeah. well, I haven't listened to it. I think that is a tad harsh, but but I totally get where you're coming from. And I agree up to a point, definitely. Like, you know, I, I didn't go back to I Disagree until we were reviewing this. And I was like, I should probably remind myself of what that album was like. Um, but I mean, this is head and shoulders Us. above that record. Far better. Yeah. Annoyingly it will probably get less attention because I disagree is far more of a kind of look at me, look at me, look at me type thing, which unfortunately is what does get attention these days. But well, it, it's not been reviewed as well. Has it not? That's such a shame. Um, no, no, sorry. I disagree has not been reviewed as well. Oh. I disagree has got a Metacritic score of 72 out of 100, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Flux has got a Metacritic score of 80 out of 100. Okay. Well, that's, oh, well, I think that's a good thing personally yeah so i think i disagree is wasn't critically as well received as flux has been mm. and i think that feels about right definitely definitely mm. 
There you go. Flux by Poppy is out now. Right, we're going to end the show with Full of Hell, Garden of Burning Apparitions, the fifth full-length album, although they have got a lot of music, Full of Hell. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, I like this, there are only four more albums, there's fucking... There's fucking loads There's of other stuff so if you much. want to listen to more of this band. Like, endless, endless, endless things. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, it's the fifth album, the follow-up to 2019's Weeping Choir record, which you and I, Renfrey, both went batty do lally for, didn't we? We <laughs> loved it. We fucking loved that record. Yes. Yeah, and it's fucking great. It, fi- it feels a bit weird to be um, tacking full of hell on the end of a show when we were so, so positive about them um and i think both of their last two albums yeah uh, yeah uh you know, trumpeting ecstasy is fucking yeah, amazing fucking brilliant i thought both of those records were amazing um and i have to say this is the first time that i have heard full of hell and i've just thought this is good usually i am utterly blown away by what they do but this is a very very short just over 20 minutes mm. And it chugs along, grinds along, for the most part, in that 20-minute run time, like a fairly atypical grindcore, crusty grindcore record with a few bits yes. of rather formless noise. <laughs> yes. So uh, far, so full of hell. Um, yeah. I think that... I mean, I, I do agree with you somewhat. I, I do want to emphasise that Full of Hell are a brilliant band and actually like Frontera, doing something that not many other bands are doing and therefore you know even a full of hell album that is merely good rather than amazing is still well worth your time i mean it's 21 minutes for fuck's sake you know it's definitely well worth your time this is absolutely worth listening to but this is the first time that i listened to a full of hell album where i kind of felt like you're not doing much that i haven't heard before um, I think the things that I haven't heard before, Reeking Tunnels is maybe the most straight ahead full of hell song ever. Like they, they, it's kind of rather than just like attack, attack, attack all the time. It's still really heavy, but it doesn't feel like they're trying to like bludgeon me from several different directions at once. It feels like they're trying to bludgeon me from the front and the front only. Mm. You know, it feels far more kind of heavy in that sense. Uh, Industrial Messiah Complex is fucking great. It has some really nice staccato esque guitars and that cool like snake-like Phil Anselmo vocal effects that he used to employ around great southern trend kill and stuff that like slithery sort of thing i th- i mean i i love that i think that is a great great song i think um the last song celestial hierarch ends things on a massive high um at points utilizing what sounds like a dentist drill being forced into your ear canal with massive drawn out chords and dylan walker's obviously dylan walker sounds absolutely mesmeric on this record and the vocal performance is is huge Shout out to Asphyxiant Blessing as well, which has some wicked Axe to Fall era converge sort of lead guitars and stuff, which is obviously never a bad I, thing. I put Behemoth for that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, mm. look, all of this stuff that we're saying is all very, very, very good. And this is a very, very good album because it's a full of hell album, basically. Uh, but it's kind of there with this particular record, they feel like a victim of their own brilliance in that every record up until now feels like it's really pushed what they do forward and this is the first one where i go 
there's a little bit of that but maybe not quite enough and there's a few too many points where I felt like I've heard this from you before and I'm not sure if you're adding anything to what you do here I, I think that everything that is that they do and I think you know grindcore blackened hardcore crust core whatever you want to call this <laughs> noise thing yeah. whatever you want to call it like um because the intensity and the loudness and the extremity of it has to be of a certain type mm-hmm. uh you're obviously you know sort of five al- albums and however many fucking eps and singles and collaboration albums they've done you're obviously going to hear stuff that you've sort of experience from this band before in in some way yeah that's obviously uh, going to get harder as as, as and it's going to get harder yeah, and harder yeah, and i yeah, think yeah. you know w- guided blight the first song comes in just fucking shreds you 59 yeah. seconds long yeah. great like when they're doing that shit like it would be harsh to be like well i've heard this before i think personally um and then you get like the t- i mean the title track is amazing i think the title track is fucking amazing mm. it's a chug 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 blast blast and then this sort of double stomp one minute 34 they get it in they get it done and you just go well that is incredibly dynamic incredibly dynamic for a one for for 94 seconds of your time you've got in it's so extreme it's so heavy and it's kind of heavy in three different types of ways and you never really know which one you're going to get from minute to minute like Mm. it's really quite a surprising thing um yeah but then it's stuff like derelict satellites is a lot of i think which you mentioned a lot of disconnected noise for over three minutes and i think you know they've been really good at being experimental in the past i mean my brain immediately goes to armory of obsidian glass from the previous record which was nearly it was seven like six minutes, minutes six minutes 55 seven minutes long okay right and that to me was like holy shit yeah. like, i don't think i've ever heard a band doing something like this of this quality exactly yeah yeah in that longer runtime on an album which is ultimately again like their albums are only that album would have been like 25 it minutes long or something not long at all seconds. right okay so i've got it in front of me you might have have <laughs> you okay right good well it's good <laughs> <laughs> um uh so yeah but but that song particularly i was like wow do you remember like how amazing that song was yeah. and derelict satellite feels like you know it's half the length of that and it's sort of an idea that they've done that and it doesn't add a lot to it in fact it actually is a bit of a diminishing return in comparatively uh i didn't find it that shocking and i didn't actually find it that uh not only did i not find it shocking i didn't find it that engaging either yes i think i think actually i mean i'm I'm a little bit surprised you've gone to armory of obsidian glass as a comparator to that because really the the comparison for me from the previous album is rainbow coil which is the fourth track which again track four is derelict satellite and is the track where they basic that's kind of the quote-unquote noise track or certainly Mm. it's a track where it is more noise than it is I don't want to not call it a song, but it's more a more noise tapestry thing than it is a song. And I mean, on our review of um, of the previous record, we did kind of say Rainbow Coil is a bit of a weird one because of the point where it comes in the record. But it feels like they've done exactly the same thing again. They've dedicated mm. three minutes and 16 seconds on the previous record. It was three minutes and nine seconds to an idea which they've already 
done and truthfully it was one of the weaker ideas on the last album anyway not that you know not that i would say that it shouldn't have been on the last album because i think that last album is fucking amazing but to then do it again and in exactly the same place for almost exactly the same length of time i mean i i it, it kind of made me question why why have you done that and i don't believe i believe full of hell are a very creative unit and i don't believe they've run out of ideas but it gives the it gives the indication that they have I don't believe they have. Especially when you, you know, obviously I brought up, um, you know, Armory of Obsidian Glass because I think that is, I think at the time I remember us being like, oh my God, fucking hell, it's so mad. And then the only thing really, there's a couple of, yeah, there's, you know, there's there's that comparison, but there's, there is no comparative point to Armory of, of Obsidian Glass on this record at all, really, is there? There's nothing no. that you could go. No. There's, you know, and, and that to me was the more artistically challenging and impressive moment from that record mm. i think the closest you could get is celestial hierarch and even that isn't really the same thing at all um no uh, which closes the record and it, it's one of two songs uh derelict satellite being the other one that is actually tips over the three minute mark yeah. but yeah again you know the fucking when they're good when they're just go, doing you like when they are blasting the shit out of you and you go do you know what most bands in your genre this is all they do anyway absolutely actually most bands in this genre don't do it to the standard that full of hell do it and and that is exactly. still actually yeah. the case with this record so i don't want to be too down on it and i do feel like we have no. been quite down on it but it's because they are capable of so much more and we know i mean are. you can count you can count on th- three fingers <laughs> the amount of bands in that genre who are still operating who even try and doing it like Doing's pig destroyer yeah. napalm death maybe agrophobic nosebleed as well yeah yeah anyone else uh, full of hell they're the four I, aren't they really? yeah i mean i'm not an expert in grindcore and all that sort of stuff but, but those are the ones that i'm most definitely aware of and are in the forefront yeah. of my mind yeah, yeah i mean you know i like shit like nails Mm-hmm. and uh you know i guess who is still together like brutal truth i suppose is still to- are they still together i don't even know but like you know there is a lot of um i brought that band uh like magruder grinder a band that i liked a few years mm-hmm. ago i brought that band in earlier this year and i've fucking forgotten their name already but um and i like that shit yeah. and i think full of hell are better at doing that than than those bands are they're still actually better at doing that than those bands are but it's just that when you go when i can i when i think of full of hell i'm like you're top tier you're napalm you're up there with napalm death exactly you're not you're not fucking i mean you're not you're not lock up or something you're yes fucking you're you're napalm and pig destroyer that's where i put you yeah after after just five records as well or after four records i think we would have put them in that bracket you know mm. and uh, I, I know they've done other stuff as well but you know and that's an incredible achievement and they are fucking amazing but and also yeah. i think we should point out that if this was a debut album from a band that we you know didn't know anything about or anything like that i think we'd be salivating over it to be honest if it were I, if yeah, it were a debut um but it's not it's uh, the new full of hell record and it is very good but i expect even more than very good from full of hell they've set their own bar exactly do you know what I mean? They have set their own bar, and I think I wouldn't say this falls below the standard um, that they've set. I don't think it falls below the standard they've set. No, but I think it. I think it. All it does is kind of nip at the 
the ceiling of what they've already done. It's just another version of what you've heard before from them. And obviously it gets harder to innovate as you continue. But Full of Hell have managed it, I'd say, with pretty much every record, uh, every one of their sort of, let's say, main canon of records uh, up to this point. And I think this is the first time where bar the odd moment here and here or there they haven't quite done that which is just a bit of a shame um but that's that's it really this is still a great record and and if you like full of hell and you like this kind of thing you obviously should check it out um, yeah definitely but yeah it was difficult to not feel ever so slightly ever so slightly disappointed just because of the sheer quality of what this band have put out before mm yeah that's probably fair disappointed feels like i was a bit like oh, i felt i felt bad saying disappointed and and yeah i mean yeah disappointed is maybe a little ott i mean the first time i listened to it i was disappointed i listened a few more times i went no actually there is stuff on here that's really fucking good but the disappointment was there because the expectation was super high it was like fucking yes another full of hell record and then uh what i got was very good but not extraordinary and they're usually extraordinary yeah i think that's probably fair that's sort of how i felt as well anyway garden of burning apparitions by full of hell is out now and we'll be back next week see you later thanks very much for listening to the show hope you enjoyed that it did end up being quite long we'll be back next week we'll see who shakira has been attacked by what animal she's been attacked by next week and uh, we will um google that since the really wild show has finished we feel a kind of obligation to tell you about animals so we'll try and do that for you next week and we'll be talking about devon townsend i believe and yeah devon townsend trivium blanket yeah it's quite a good show next week Mm. all right good okay thanks very much for listening guys if you'd like to go to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right act podcast then a lauren hill special is waiting there for you now hopefully you'll have some kind of writers review coming quite soon as well uh but you know if not I don't know what to tell you. We're just a massive disappointment. I'm sorry. Uh, See you later. Bye-bye. What a way to end.